We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, we have Jonathan Tuttle, who is a, a managing person, managing director over at a uh, fund that invests in mobile home parks. And we have a lot to, to cover here. But before we start things off, I want to make sure that we make sure everybody has your contact information and how they would reach out to you if they find uh, something of interest here today. So why don't we start things off there, Jonathan, and uh, give everybody your contact information. Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, excited about this. I've listened to the show. So this is a great opportunity to uh, provide some value to your listeners. Um, yeah, I have two different businesses in the real estate space. I have a mobile home park fund. It's called Midwest Park Capital. Uh, there's two websites. Midwest Park Capital is more of the informational website. And then Midwest Park Capital Fund is more if you want a credit investor and you want to actually see the PPM. And then I have for the everyday American that's just getting started in real estate that wants to learn more about getting into this space or get the cheapest form of real estate, basically investing. And that's called the mobile home wealth Academy. Yes. Two websites to get hold of me. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, no, this is a really interesting uh, topic. You know, the, the mobile home wealth Academy, especially because um, we do talk to quite a few newer investors. They're trying to get into real estate investing for that first time. That first low hanging fruit that they think of is wholesaling. Yep. And everybody keeps pushing the concept of wholesaling. I think the mobile homes uh, flipping or holding the note or holding the paper on it, I mean, that that is also low-hanging fruit and something that is typically overlooked. What? So if um, some, let's start at the very beginning there. How would somebody jump into like mobile home investing? Sure, sure. That's a great point. And uh, to what you said, the surprising factor is about 8% of entire America lives in mobile home parks. And it's kind of unknown fact that that's that many people live in it. And there's about 60 million Americans that need affordable housing and basically mobile homes. And, you know, that's, it's sometimes people call them trailer, but um, they've been around since, you know, the fifties and sixties and you get an older 60, 70, 50, 60, 70 unit for a couple grand, a grand. If that, you'll obviously want to put some repairs to, you know, optimize it and, the top dollar for it but the easiest way like honestly is probably which is a lot of people when they're first starting out are going to really appreciate that and especially right now with covid is finding it on craigslist and facebook you can find a lot of them on facebook marketplace and craigslist it's pretty much untapped because a lot of the old owners they don't really pay attention to it and they don't they just care about the park so that's the big money to them is keeping the the unit in there and then there's the opportunity for the everyday investor to come in with their own capital or make a deal with one of the you know, tenants that's moving out or just wants to get rid of it to pretty much scoop it up for nothing or for very little. And sometimes even just flip it for the contract. And you see that all the time. Yeah. So one of, one of the things that I've thought especially interesting here is that when you're talking about mobile homes, it's not like you're exchanging land and there's not as many uh, requirements and, and right. overseers or seers associated with it. Um, you're, you're essentially just transferring a title like a car. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, 100%. Yep. Oh, sorry, what was your question? 
No, I was just wondering if, is there a process like associated with that, that somebody needs to be aware of, you know, you, you typically go to a title company for a land, you know, contract or, or transaction. What does Mm -hmm. it look like for, for a trailer house? Yeah, that's your hundred percent right. It's kind of like flipping cars, but it's flipping trailers. <laughs> yeah, and the, the terminology kind of in the pre-HUD, basically nineteen seventy-six House of Urban Development, basically changed. They've actually got involved. So anything after nineteen seventy-six has lots stricter requirements. Before that, anybody could just build their own house or like little manufactured housing. And then nineteen seventy-six came about, and they set standards from the government. Like this has to be. They even put like a little badge in the back of a number, um, and pre like 50s, 60s, pre-1976, a lot of them came on the trailer. So you see like the older ones that actually have the trailer, the newer ones are actually kind of bolted off, like 90s mm-hmm. and newer quality construction. Uh, but yeah, the process is just like going to the van, like you go into the DMV and changing titles and making sure the taxes are you know paid up to do, uh, making sure there's you know, not in arrears taxes, usually pay those. Uh, but a lot of times these people that bet in them, because one of the benefits of being in mobile homes is comparatively, for example, in some of the parks we own, the like the taxes are ten twenty dollars a month, and if they went across the street for you know single family house, it's one hundred fifty thousand. They're paying two, three, four hundred dollars per month. They're saving you know that much money, a couple grand a year. Times you know they've been there 10, 15, 20 years. At average is about 14, 15 years. So they have mm-hmm. thirty thousand of basic equity, but it's just tax money saved, and they still go to the same school, the same. They still have the same fire, same police. They get to go to the same library, all the same benefits. The normal person gets, you know, lives in a single family home, but they're just paying a lot less taxes. So basically when you're looking to best, just make sure the taxes are caught up. But remember, you're paying a lot less taxes and then also making sure you have a clean title and van. You could actually, that's one thing you want to really be careful about. You don't want to make something that doesn't have a van because it's going to be a long process. Don't let anybody say, oh, I, you'll be able to get it. You know, it's going to come in the mail. That could be a big headache and that could be months of headache. So mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, I've run into uh, trailer park owners who end up with these trailer houses. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, like you mentioned early on, they would, they're just focused on the lot rent. Exactly. It's almost a hassle to deal with these, these trailer houses. Um, how would you suggest somebody go to a current trailer park owner and start that con- type of conversation? Yeah, this is a perfect opportunity. There's a couple of value points, exactly what you said. Because the, the person that owns this, a lot of people have developed the trailers. They haven't really developed any new parks. Officially, I've heard a couple of different things, but the data says about 10 new parks in the last 20 years because the city, going back to the taxes, they don't want it, not my backyard. They want the higher tax six built mm-hmm. homes. You can't put a mobile home officially on like a residential lot because just the zoning and then the tax purposes again. Right. So the best avenue to go is these owners have had it for so long. They're, they're worth multi-millions, most likely, even if a small park. So they already, they want the rent, the lot mm-hmm. rent, the continually monthly rent. That's the cash flow from the business. And just having that, you know, if it's a, even as 1970s home is worth $30,000, $50,000 on the actual value of the park. So for them, if they, you guys come in and find it from the, you know, put a couple grand in, get it for a grand or two down, make it five or $7,000 profit. They'd love it because they're not putting any capital, they're not putting time, and then you're putting resources, and they have the ultimate say to prove the person to come in. So you're basically just keeping their park beautiful, providing a newer, better product because you're you know making the unit better. You're also putting all the money, your own money, out of it. But at the same time, compared to like any other real estate, where else could you get involved in real estate for like four or five k? Right. <laughs> you're talking about a unit, right? Ten grand, and it depends on the state. So like you get 
if some of these people, the West, going back to your question, one of the best opportunities to get it, first go to like the local owners, the small mom and pops that have had it for 30, 40 years because they originally developed it. A lot of them are hands off. They don't even want to do the work anymore. They just want to like, you know, just collect the rent and be on their way. You know, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Go to the mom and pop owner, drive through local parks, talk to the property manager and say, hey, I would like to help, you know, I'm not trying to take these out of the park. I just want to beautify them. So if you guys, you need extra, you want somebody to come in and fix and flip them. And so you guys have better, better quality products. So people come to your park more often. I could help you with that. And then also just putting up those, you know, the old school signs, you know, looking for mobile homes in the corner. Some people do that. And then like going back to what I said, the Facebook, Google, or not uh, Facebook. And then uh, Craigslist, not Google. You can probably do Google ads too. I'm I'm going to try it. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, have you ever, you know, you you basically delved into a little marketing there. Have you uh, explored some of that for this type of thing? You know, trying to find motivated sellers, just like we would for single-family homes. Yeah, we have a lot of case studies. We, uh, well, we have our own parks, but because one thing in the industry is we don't want to poach from your neighboring park. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, when you're, if you're a park owner, you don't say hey, I'm going to go to your local competition park and say I'm going to pull the unit out, basically. Because like, that's another benefit, too. When, you're, when you own the park, it costs five to $10,000 for the you know, pickup. You get a you know, certified, insured transporter, take everything down, put it back up, put the skirting on. It's a big hassle. But sometimes the value of these homes, because a new home is 50, you know, new, basically new model home is 40, 50, 75, and like 200, 100 for like a new, you know, mm-hmm. line, double wide. So they'd rather get a ten thousand dollar unit, spend ten to put it in there, and get the cash flow. But so you don't want to basically poach get from a you know, local competition. Mm-hmm. So sure. No, I, I was just kind of curious as to like uh, you know even if that if that person you you end up leaving it at that trailer park. You know, it was a way to find uh, discounted mobile homes. You know, yeah, and, and also dealers. So dealers will have old stock sometimes they get rid of. So find your local dealers. Not as many as, depending on the market. So if you're, I'm in Chicago and Midwest, and Michigan's the third biggest state for the number of mobile home parks. But if you're in Florida or California, they're everywhere. And then also mm-hmm. you have like the rent control in those states. And if you're flipping trailers, so we're doing like, I'm just doing Midwest prices. But if you're in Florida and some of these other states, you're going to flip a twenty, thirty thousand dollars unit for you know fifty, sixty thousand in Florida or California. That's a whole nother world over there. Mm-hmm. You get a you know nineteen eighties home in like a nice high end area for a hundred thousand, and you flip it for two hundred. It's just a totally different demographic. So if you're you know your listeners are in California, Oregon, Seattle, like the you know Washington State, that that area, you can make huge money. You can make six figures a flip just like a regular house. And like and going back to one of the ways you could get it. Literally just drive the parks and look for uh, for sale by owners. Because a lot of times people like do a Saturday, Sunday, just drive through, get a list online, find the local parks, you know, you know, Saturday drive, get your Starbucks, drive for like two hours, drive through all the parks, some mm-hmm. MapQuest, just drive through and look for the for sale by owner. And some of these people, a lot of these people, depending on the value of the home and what financial situation they're in, just call them up like, hey, I would like to, uh, you know, I like to, you know, Essentially, sell this for you and market it, you know, give you a top dollar, and you can flip the contract. So, you can put it under, you know, make a price, do the you know, market due diligence. Realtors will always price them really high, so they're not, they're not actually realistic prices. But do a little, you know, price analysis of what the parks are go- or you know, actual homes are in the market, and then try to do like kind of like a flip a contract like you do in, in a regular single family. But this is even easier to sell it because you could use Facebook and Google. 
Mm-hmm. Right, I keep saying Google. Facebook and Craigslist. You can use sure. Google Ads. But then, uh, yeah, you could definitely do it. You could definitely do it and, uh, instead of paying a realtor. That's another benefit. You're not paying the five or six points. Sure. So what what's the what have you typically seen? Like if you're going into a trailer house and you're going to fix and flip it like this, what are some of those low hanging fruits of of small val small uh, cost but big impact? Sure. The main things you want to look for when you're driving around um, is the le- like just kind of make sure you get inside and look at the units. So the things you're going to want to look for is the roofing, the skirting. The skirting is the very bottom part of the mm-hmm. it's basically like a little foot 18 inches high it's like a skirt it goes around the it's basically that trim my best way because the mm-hmm. most they're lifted up obviously uh so you look at that because that costs about a thousand dollars if it's standing around the outside that's could be a big look at the deck the deck could be around 250 500 repair depending on the condition of it the roof is the biggest thing uh newer model homes from like the uh, 2000s 90s 2000s will actually have like shingles but the old school homes from like the 50s 60s 70s you know it's 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 way different. <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to you know, code it. Um, so basically just check the roof. And then when you get inside of it, the, the only things you really have to worry about, the main thing too is like, you're not like a single family. You have to like knock down walls because if you knock down walls, the whole thing's going to collapse. Right. Uh, so you want to make sure like the, the flooring's good. Just make sure there's not like the floorboard and stuff. You don't, you know, you might have to replace that. Check, uh, make sure there's no leaking. So like check the, like the bathroom and then by the sinks and make sure like the electric outlets, there's no like, covered up burnt marks because that means it was like electrical, you know, something mm-hmm. with electrical, like make sure they didn't try to paint over it. People will be kind of sneaky sometimes, but the biggest cosmetic thing you could do too is just get the, uh, clean the, uh, the, uh, the microwave, the stove, all that stuff. Uh, replace the fixtures, go to like your local Home Depot, Menards or wherever is by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times the fixtures makes a lot of value. Clean the windows, paint the outside. You probably, uh, depending like what kind of paint, but $500 to $1,000, you know, on how much you want to paint the outside. Uh, those are some quick fixes to add a lot of value. So you only have like a, like a small checklist of things you have to do. Uh, and then the really, the real value is created by just finding the deal by, you know, driving around, looking for sale by owners and then using Facebook and just to find opportunities and then just raising the price. Then sure. you typically get from like a seventies home, you could get depending on the market. So like we're, I'm going to do just the Midwest. Like I said, it depends on your market. So if you're in Florida, you could get like a seventies home, eighties home. You're going to obviously have like 30, 50,000, depending on the you know, double wide, single wide, what, you know, what community rents are. And also the biggest factor is what's the local um, housing stock is. So if a single family house is across the street, it's 150, you're not going to be able to get, you know, hundred, you know, 75,000 for your mobile home, but the local house across the street, the average house, which you see like in Florida and California, it's really weird you'll have like a mobile home park and then, you know, a million dollar house across the street. So mm-hmm. it brings the price of the mobile homes up actually. So Right. No, this, yeah, this is really interesting. So how do you, you know, you, you mentioned check your market for the, for the house values. Is there a way for people to easily do that? You know, like we have, I know it's the bane of the real estate industry, but Zillow actually makes it pretty yeah, easy to, exactly. to, to check out comparables uh, for actual houses. Um, is there a yeah. tool that can be used for this? That's probably, I mean, cause you're, you don't need to get a broker license and pay for the, you know, your MLS. Zillow has pretty much the same data. You can kind of get aggregate the data. You want about a third of the price. So like of a mobile home, you look at their lot rents. So if the lot rents in the local market are like three or 400 or they're 500, like in the coastal cities, it could be a thousand plus. You want to see that the local, 
that's about a third of the price of what the house is. So then you have, mm-hmm. you know, you have leverage to raise the rent and you also know you have leverage to command a higher price. So it's kind of basically just looking at what the local housing stock and then also look at the local apartment buildings. So if the local apartment buildings, uh, which the national average is about 1300 across, you know, if you class A, B and C combined right now is about 1300 nationally mm-hmm. and the local mobile home selling it for 400. So you know you have room to raise a little bit and you know you have room to also command a higher price for the unit because there's a shortage of affordable housing. There's about 12 million mobile homes in the country and about 60 million people that need it. So if you know the rents double in the apartments in the local town, people could pay 600 and that means they could pay 15, 20,000 for the trailer. You might have to be creative with the financing and the down payment and or work with uh, you know maybe the owner and say, hey, I'll, I'll fix this up and maybe you can negotiate. So it's a lot of negotiating and being creative with the financing. Mm-hmm. So and some banks are starting to do it. It's I know it's called it's called shadow financing. It was a big thing about twenty years ago. It was pre two thousand eight. The mobile home industry went through. There was about four hundred thousand homes. It was like the peak in the late nineties. So of four hundred thousand mobile homes made in a year with like the big manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Last year, just an example was a hundred thousand. When we can't develop new parks, and so the stocks, you know, the stock quality has been the quality of material and the quality of the uh, manufacturing has been so good. So they haven't had the need for it, but they also can't. Uh, there was zero down and like it was basically kind of what happened in 2007 with this regular single family. It was like zero down, no credit check. Like here you want a house, 30 year lo- note, here's a mobile home. <laughs> it's $50,000 and zero down and a lot of people kind of bailed on it. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. but some banks are starting to get more familiar with it. If they're, especially if they uh, maybe do the, you know, if they're working with the owner in the park, they're familiar with it, a small town or like, you know, fishery, secondary market. They might do the financing, but there's also, if you become a dealer, a mobile home dealer, which is not too hard, you could do it over like a month, a couple of weeks. It's like a little test you do. You could get, uh, you could do some special financing offers too. It's called uh, 21st Mortgage. It's actually one of Warren Buffett's companies. Sure. So, so just to clarify then what you just said is that uh, if you try to buy something like this and try to sell it on terms, are you saying that like an equivalent apartment, you're trying to target that as the as the monthly mm-hmm. payment. Half of that, yeah, I would say half of that, and that gives you good luck. Le- it gives you a good cushion. So if, you know the rents are a third less, and then you could see if the local you know class C or like equivalent to what the mobile homes offering is is very similar. You're not going to have the cushion to command a higher price. So it does take a little research, and we kind of go over it in the, the course. Hard to go over it in like real you know, 30 minutes here, but that's where the angle, that's where the value is created though. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm having just, I'm, I'm just not following it to a certain extent. So if you're saying like, let's say an apartment is renting for a thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. is that what the mobile home plus the lot rent should be? Or are you saying? No. Yeah. So it depends. Yeah. So when you're, it depends if they put you know, a down payment or not, we always like to be half of that. And then you can go up a little bit more than that. So if we know, the main the main buffer is to be about half of that. But if you have, for example, you're you have a you're flipping a unit and the park's charging three hundred rent and then they have to pay three hundred dollars a month, that's six hundred dollars. So there's still some room. But if like the the local class C apartment is only seven hundred dollars for a, you know the same two bedroom, then you're in trouble. So you're gonna be like, well, maybe I should do the apartment building, you know. Yeah, I get it. That's what and, that's and, what I guess like the, the clarification is. Sure. No, I, I don't know if you know who Mitch Steven is, but when we're we, we talk to him and he does this type of thing, but with mm-hmm. with uh, land contracts with, with okay. houses. Okay. And uh, and he he targets the the actual rent value because people in their mind will choose uh, owning 
for the same price as the rent. Yeah. And but you're finding that when it comes to trailer houses, that's not typically the case. Well, they eventually, they eventually own it though. So it is the same thing. If they, if they don't buy it outright and if they're doing financing, they usually do like a three or five year term, three, four, five year, depending on what they can afford with the rents, you know, and the utilities. So yeah, they do that. That actually is a key with mobile homes because they rather live in the mobile home and say, I own this. Sure. And then set up in the local apartment. Sure. So their biggest competition is basically apartment buildings. Okay. Okay. So, you know, let's, let's change the conversation just slightly because um, I'm fascinated with your acquisitions uh, regarding trailer parks, because Mm -hmm. like you said, uh, there's not a lot of new ones being developed right now because a lot of towns, I mean, it, it just has bad connotations, yeah, (laughs) bad stigma associated with trailer parks. Um, I guess you can thank the trailer park boys and just to keep feeding feeding (laughs) that, right? But um, tell us a little bit about your fund and how that works and how you find these trailer parks. And I mean, give us give us an overview of how that all goes down. Sure. Yeah. Great question. Uh, Yeah, this niche is pretty fascinating. When I first got involved with about 15 years ago, my friends are like. My dad got involved with it first and my friend's like, what? Trailer parks? This is before like the TV shows or anything came out. Mm-hmm. They're like, what is that? And you're like, I'm in a suburb of Chicago, like a trendy town. And like, you're talking about trailer parks. They're not even around the area. <laughs> There's not even one in Chicago. There's one like 60 miles outside of the spirits so, of like basically Indiana, but right. they still know the, the stigma of it. <clears throat> but like I said before, about 60 million Americans need affordable housing and we're only about 12 million mobile homes in the country. And it's about 8% of Americans live in it. So this is, Huge need for affordable housing. It's not subsidized by the government, so we're not paying for taxes. You know, obviously, with Section 8, sometimes they close it off and people have to, like, they become problemsome. So we, for people to actually have that affordable housing option, we have the, the affordable housing option for people that make minimum wage or make 20, 25 grand, or the baby boomers, which is our biggest demographic, um, is they literally, a lot of them have the Social Security, you know, 1300 or they have. I think 75% is less than 30,000 in savings. So their only option is affordable housing like mobile home parks. And they have like their nice little lot. And how we, like, this industry is like good old boys, basically. So a lot of the people I said that I, when I initially mentioned was that uh, people have developed it. It's, you know, greatest generation. They've had us developed in the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, and sometimes the second or third generation owners. So right now we're seeing the biggest, transition of people moving out of the space because they're getting such crazy offers for it now. We're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of people coming over from multifamily because our cap rates are about two points higher. We have the lowest failure rate of all real estate for the last 50 years. And it's been the top, by far the top performing, even Wall Street Journal just talked about this. All the, all the major money managers have been talking about this has been the top performing asset of all, pretty much all investments. Uh, and then some of the REITs have been performing four, four or 5,000% in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy but the reason is it's not in my backyard you can't develop new ones like you said and you have this huge demand it's only going to increase and then what happens during recessions well people get you know pushed down they don't have the jobs are out there and the people that just have a little savings they have to you know scale down so we always have this demand and you can't develop new ones so how we identify is a lot of it just industry relationships so i've been in the space 15 years like i mentioned uh it was Part of the probably the top two biggest brokerage in the country was the president of the Midwest for that, and just being going to all the trade shows. I was actually supposed to speak on the national stage in uh, April mm-hmm. with uh, Ben Carson, the national 
Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, which I was talking about before earlier, and that got canceled obviously with COVID, and Warren, Warren Buffett's uh, Clayton Holmes, the CEO. So building those relationships enough to even speak on the national stage, one of the 12 speakers, you get a lot of access to inside deals, basically. So mm. they'll give deals to people they know, like, and trust. They've been in the space, go to the trade shows, you know, out to dinner with them, then suddenly coming in, hey, I own apartment buildings, I want to get involved in the space. Kind of like that, kind of good old boys. So that's how we have the access to deals. And we're doing a 10 million race right now for accredited investors. So we'll basically give somebody the opportunity for a credit investor to put in 1,500, 200,000. Because if you get a small park, you still need to put a million down. So now you get more familiar with the asset, you get all the benefits of it. And then top of that, which is the craziest thing, multifamily is a 27.5. You should probably hear Grant Cardone talk about 27.5, like the depreciation schedules. Mm-hmm. Land is 15 years. Mobile home parks, you're basically just running land. So you have 15-year depreciation, so you get better at your taxes, like a lot better in your K-1s. Um, and then you have the 27.5 for the house. And then with the uh, CARES Act, a couple years ago, 2017, if you guys are familiar with this, but uh, you could do the bonus depreciation, 100% depreciation for the next five years until, 20, I think, 2022. So you could depreciate one, everything in one year. Crazy. Mm. So hey, a lot of real estate benefits right now with like the tax you know, uh, that the CARES Act that came out. Yeah. So, so the, these parks that you're looking and evaluating, are you looking for ways to add some sort of value and, mm-hmm. and how do you manage these parks? Do you have another entity that does that or how does that look? Great questions. Uh, yeah. So when we're looking to the main thing with parks is the underlying infrastructure. So if you know it's older asset, you want to make sure like the water, sewer, electric, all, you know, the roads and depending on your region, trees, because if you don't have branches falling down, but the infrastructure is the biggest component. Like, and then also, depending on uh, you know, flood zone, EPA, you want to make sure like, there's not going to be in a flood zone, uh, like you're not close to like, the certain rivers or like if you're in New Orleans, for example, with a hurricane. Uh, so those are like, the biggest components you want to look for. Uh, and then also, when we're, like, for managing the property, we have a third-party manager we're partnered with. It's the biggest in the company, or in the country, sorry. So they have about 33,000 lots. They manage a couple of the big institutional investors. So we have that, like basically built an all-star team that's doing everything from the management to the fund administration to the fund CPA. We literally just handpicked everyone. And then we made it even technology-friendly. We have this portal which you can see everything transparent, what we're doing, company announcements, um, and just being full transparent, but also building this all-star team. But yeah, the management is the biggest component of parks versus understanding like the, the challenges with the infrastructure understanding the local market locations, number one, also trends, jobs. Uh, but we do have the supply and demand not in your backyard. So it's brings a lot of favorable, you know, risk factors to us with better yields because of that. But then making sure you have the, you know, the right property management. The property manager we have is like stellar. It's, they have, they're the biggest in the country. So in this space. Sure. So, so I'm going to guess that you run into parks that you need to, um, replace trailer houses or add some newer models? I mean, how do you get, how do you get trailer houses into these parks to, to increase the value? And what are some of those other low-hanging fruits on how you can improve the numbers? Yeah, that's the, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> the yeah. biggest challenge, like, <laughs> like I said, because remember in the late 90s, we had 400,000 new homes, and then now it's 100,000. Uh, well, Clayton Homes, which is if you're a park owner, they have, uh, if you become a dealer, you need about 10 lots open. They have the, the 21st finance uh, program, which is basically they'll 
basically finance it and they'll do some money down, no money down or very little, but you have to kind of back it as the park owner and you have to be a uh, dealer. And so also looking with the local dealers, certain dealers, if you have eight or 10, or if you're in a hot market, if you're in Texas, for example, Texas has a really hot market just for affordable housing and just housing in general and real estate. Locals, sometimes the local uh, dealers will come to you and say, hey, can we put a couple in here? And what they do is they command about eight, ten thousand dollars more. They'll stage it, but they're basically because when your biggest obstacle for the dealer is to find a park to put it in, so they'll come to you or you reach out to the local dealer, especially if you're in like Texas or some of those Iraqi states where there's like a real demand right now. They'll come in and put a few different uh, trailers in there if you have enough lots, and they'll beautify it and they'll they can charge eight, ten thousand, and they can help market for you. So that's a great angle for that. Uh, without poaching, remember I said poaching is basically stealing from the local park. You can still look within like a two or three hour distance. I would also talk to the local transporters, all the transporters in your state, and ask them, hey, is anybody looking to get rid of some units and they're looking to put in new units? And is it, you know, based on your expert opinion, do you think it's, you know, able to be transported here in good condition, you know, bring it to my park? Because like for the park owner, like I said, going back to that, every time you have a new trailer or like a 70s, you know, 80s, that's dollars you know, $50,000 in basic equity to the, you know, the value of the park. And then the cash flow, obviously, three, four, five hundred per month in rent. So it's kind of an unwritten rule: this poaching from other trailer yeah. parks. If you don't want to start wars, <laughs> I mean, look, you can get as long as it's like you're not your local person, because you could say, "Hey, I'll buy yours first. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pay your people. I'll move them out for you for free, and then I'll call them and get flowers or whatever." Mm-hmm. So I mean, whatever you could do to get some and get somebody's good side and bring them over, because what happens a lot of times they'll say, "Well, we'll move it across the street for you." out of our pocket because it's worth so much that, you know, even though it's five or $10,000, even if it's across the street, the 40, 50,000, so still had $30,000 and they don't have to go buy a new home. Mm-hmm. So, but the broker, uh, the dealers, I'm sorry, the dealers are probably the first angle, depending on your state. If you have a lot of dealers, uh, you know, like the bigger park states, we'll definitely have some dealers that work with you if you have enough open or vacancies. But, sure. You know. And you typically work with those dealers and, and they would, uh, just bring in a, a trailer house and then they, they in turn try to sell it on terms, but leave yep. it in, in your park. I see. Exactly. And they get a premium for it. So they can market it and they can say, Hey, look at this beautiful, you know, beautiful community. Cause that's the biggest thing when they're like, when you, it's just like going to a, when you go to the dealership, it's just like in a lot, you know, in rocks mainly, or maybe mm-hmm. some of that, but like to see it in an actual community where you're going to live, it's a lot of value there. And then they stage it just like, you know, stage it and like, Oh, it looks pretty. Like here's your, he'll be your neighbor. This is your neighbor. This is how the park looks. They command a price and they do the marketing for you. And mm-hmm. so for them, it's just an easier way to sell it and they can still get a little more money for it. Sure. Sure. Well, you it's know, I, I'm sorry, no, go ahead. Anything, it's just find a state that has it like a lot. Certain like Illinois doesn't have a lot, but certain states do have a lot of uh, dealers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our area, there's, I don't think there's quite a few dealers, but um, yeah, that's, that's just a really interesting strategy. So, um, you know, we've talked for a good half hour already. Is is there anything that uh, you probably we probably should have covered? I don't want to make sure we miss anything. There's quite a bit of stuff here for people. Yeah, I think uh, if the people listen, dive into this. It's a great niche. I think you're solving affordable housing. It affects a lot of people, and we're gonna see more of it because anybody that's been in real estate from the last recession. Remember how hard it was. Banks it gets hard to get financing. You don't need a lot of capital. And some of these people, you're doing really doing them a favor. So somebody wants to move out, like say if you're in the Midwest or they're in a, they just, they just want to move out to like visit their family or get out of the mobile home, that they'll give it to you for sometimes just ask what they want. You can be fair with them, but sometimes they'll like literally give you a you know, ten fifty thousand dollar trailer for like three grand. 
It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You just go up to them like, what do you want for it? I'm like, no, that's, I'm like, sure. Like, that's what you want. Okay, cool. And then you could just literally just turn around, paint the outside. All of a sudden you make a $12,000 profit. We've had, going back, I forgot to answer this because you asked this before, but yeah, we've had a lot of some, we had the best flip we did this year was $29,000. The person gave it to us for a thousand because they live in the park basically for like seven years. Like, I don't want, like, how much do you want? Like, no thousand. Like, no, how much do you really want? Just when I get out of here, I, just, I got retirement. I'm good. Then we just literally painted the, um, the, the deck and then put some new carpet in. It was $500 and we didn't put it on Facebook for more than like an hour. So like this, somebody just came up and scooped out. Hmm. So a lot of opportunity in the space. Uh, in the rent controlled states, you can make, you can make a you know, six figure profit in the like California, Florida, well, Florida's not a rent controlled state, but or Oregon. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity. It's a great niche. It serves a lot of people's, you know, affordable housing. It's really just helping people. So that's the cool thing of day. You're not competing like compared to you know single family. Everyone's doing it. So if you want to get an easy way to get into something that's less challenging, doesn't take a lot of capital, and it's not hard, you don't have to figure out if there's not walls. There's a perfect niche. You flip in the trailers, be in the Mobile Home Wealth Academy, or if you're an incredible investor and you just want to armchair coupon collect checks every month. But us with the fund, basically get you in and manage you know, your capital. We get a quarterly payout, you get the tax benefits, the tax depreciation schedules, and it's all transparent. That's Midwest Park Capital Fund. So Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm going to make sure to include all of those links in the show notes. I, I really appreciate you giving us the, the time here tonight. Uh, Midwest Park Capital, um, and uh, you have quite a bit of – I mean, you're pretty active on social media, Facebook and LinkedIn, so people can probably easily find you there. Yep. So look for Jonathan Tuttle, and it's spelled T-U-T-T-L-E. Yep. Um, and uh, But I really appreciate your time tonight. This yep. is eye-opening. I really appreciate the, the uh, new perspective. Well, I appreciate your time, and hopefully the audience gets some value out of it. It's a great time to be in the real estate. Uh, we're one of the, probably the best industry to be – prepare for the next coming downturn. So if we could be positioned right about people, it's a great niche and a great industry. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And uh, again, we'll, we'll make sure to have those links in the show notes, but uh, hope we can do it again sometime. Awesome. Thank you. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content. And if you found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash house dudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at House Dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com investors. I don't like to tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. <laughs>